G'day, g'day, welcome back to A Lot To Talk About. We're here, blokes and their balls, the three amigos, the three men in sport. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce our cast for today. Yours truly, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Driver. To my right, the residence sports guy of A Lot To Talk About, Mr. Jed Wells, a.k.a. Wellsy, a.k.a. The Undertaker. To my left, um, Liam Duffman Duffy, back from a one-game suspension. And he's going to, I guess... Share a few words on maybe an apology or something like that. Well, you know, we've had a little chat about it. And the Russ bus, it didn't work out for us. But from what I gathered, you put your trust into me and you get the rewards with the UFC multi. Mm. So I think you deserve to be grateful for me. Wow. He's flipped the script on you. That's that's one way to come If that made any sense. That's a McGregor apology. He's that's a McGregor apology. That is a just McGregor apology. Yeah. Let's just say, let's just say we'll call it even. We'll call it even. I'm just happy to be back here with you boys. Yeah, it's it's really nice to be back in the studio. When when there's the three of us, it's you know it's good. A lot you know, of it gets, it gets hot and know. sweaty in it's here. Good. It's nice just to be shoulder to shoulder with the Jen's boys. Just keeping the jumper on, which is a big tough call. It's all right, eh? Yeah. It's bold outside. That's bold from you. You had a long sleeve on as well. Yeah, but it's light. You double A'd last week as well with I jeans. I did. With jeans. I did. I double A'd. That wasn't smart. That wasn't smart. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, shit. I was, I was going <laughs> off you last week. Let's see how it goes. Um, it's been, been obviously a massive week in sport as it always is. There's so much happening at the moment. NFL, NBA. We've got a little bit of off-season talk in other sports. Boxing at the moment with some great Australian stars rising through the ranks. Uh, Mr. Tim Zhu, shout out. But we're going to kick today off a little bit differently, so I'll hand it over to the man in charge of the run sheet, Mr. Jettles. So we have teased this a little bit. We've been keeping you on your toes, waiting for Duff to come back. But instead of starting with the play of the week like we usually do, uh, last week, I think the week before now, was week nine of the NFL, which is officially the midway point. So we thought it'd be a great time to look at the mid-season awards race. Who's in front? Who's fallen behind? Any sleepers? And then we can look back at this in another nine weeks and see just how completely off we were. Feels yeah. like feels like the NFL's been going for 10 months already, so I don't know how it's only halfway. But we're going to go around, we'll give our picks. We're going to probably yell at each other, which is just the spirit of the game. Yeah. So let's start with the big ones, shall we? Boys, as of right now, who is the MVP? This was the hardest one for me to pick. I think we spoke a little bit about this before we hit record. It's like it's such an open race this year because there's really no one who's stepped up. You know, there's there's been every almost every week there's an opportunity for someone to take the lead. It's like where they're coming up against a defense, they should fucking murder. They look like they should start to really kick ahead of the competition, and they fucking drop the ball. And I think I heard it on a podcast this morning that it's the first season in a long time at nine or ten rounds that we haven't had like a, a team undefeated or a couple of teams at least with only one loss like everyone's got at least two losses so we've seen shades of not so good in yeah. every one of the NFL teams so far but look for me I, I went off form of you know majority of the first nine games and excluding last week's game which wasn't all that good considering it's half or mid-season awards yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I went with Mr. TV 12 Tom Brady 
you know, he's he's doing wonders at the Bucks again. The last two weeks he's been without some of his star players around him, but uh, like we said, it's mid-season awards, and um, if you go off consistent form, he's been probably the man for me this year. I think ours are going to be very similar. I've got Brady as well. Yeah. I think just the consistency, because everyone else has had, like Kyle or Stafford, they've all had big games. Mm. Then they've also missed games, or they've had poor performances, but yeah. Brady's just consistent 100% yeah he's got a few big milestones as well which always helps the case having that narrative behind you like first to 600 all that sort of stuff yeah you touched on it just then I think if Kyla hadn't gone down he'd be there for me like he I, was I agree. electric and it's like what you touched on like every single person it's like they've been like maybe they're gonna run away as it and then their team gets beat by 30 points or they get injured or they just like I'm going with Stafford I think he's probably been the man right now but even like we talked about his last game he looked broken like I don't know what yeah. was going on and you Crystal can get away ball. with the last yeah Christopher you can get, <laughs> you can get away with the last game because it's mid-season yeah. wars right that was round 10 that was part of my thoughts but the the one thing I worry as a Rams fan about Stafford yeah. is I've seen those real inconsistent games now and it's almost like it's not even inconsistent periods of a game oh, it's okay. a bad game like a bad start for him is a bad game and I think he's a real confidence player. He needs to run off the back of confidence. And that's the one thing that worries me. And I hope you're right, end of season, because it will mean good news for the Rams. But I'm just not seeing the complete package yet. I get what you mean, but I'm just look, I'm taking and choosing to look at it very literally in terms of most valuable. Mm. You look at you guys 12 months ago in the exact same position. Yeah. You swapped the quarterback out and you're probably, what, 10 times better already? Like, mm. I think that's got to count for something. The fact yeah, that true. he in his first season there, after sort of waiting away at um, Detroit, sort of just putting in the work, comes mm. to LA and is immediately in Super Bowl contention. Like, That's a good yeah. point. And really it, is, it is the other team and stuff as well. Like, Obviously, football out of anything is not just a one-man sport. But You know what the crazy thing is, though, and it just leads to what we are saying at the start of this show, the fact that we're even sitting here with different MVP ideas yeah. really says a lot about this season because in years of past, it's been so easy to go... Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Like, there's been clear MVPs. We just don't know yet, which is why it's such an exciting season of the NFL. And that's the thing. We've got another nine weeks to go. Like, if, mm. if the Cowboys keep going good, then suddenly Dak's in that. Yeah. Maybe Lamar, if he starts kicking it up again. Cowboys have got a good run. Yeah. Got a really good run to the finals. Trust me, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Fucked me again. Yeah. <laughs> um, even Chiefs. Like, I looked them up before. They're five and three. Like, as much as we talked about them not performing... They're not out of it at all. They're pretty near the top still. So. Just you wait and see for my later predictions. <laughs> Jesus. Just you wait and see. I've got some stuff to say about the Chiefs. All right. So you're obviously a Rams fan, so I think this is going to play right into your hands. Yeah. What's the defensive player of the year? Well, I actually went away from the Rams. Oh. We've got a lot of good defensive players, right? But this year, I think we've, we've had a few too many games. I'm a big Jalen Ramsey fan. Yeah. I wear the Jalen Ramsey jersey. I like his talk on the field. I like his energy. I'm a big AD fan. That guy's a man monster. Um, he's bigger than the big red wall at, um, <laughs> at Chicago, if you know what I'm saying. Or Boston, sorry. Yeah. If you know what I'm saying. Um, but for me, the Rams, as last year's best defensive team, this year have just lacked a little bit of that polish. And I've been a little bit nervous in some of those games where we've, we've given away big scores to teams who really shouldn't be scoring big on us. And I think there's a few moving pieces in the defensive puzzle of the Rams this year where we lost um, we lost two players to trade. 
we got Von in very recently. He's only had one game with us, yeah. so you know that's going to take time. But I think with so many of those moving puzzles, it's put extra pressure on AD and Jalen. And so for me, they haven't been the star performers this year. There's a guy that I really like. He's a young fella. He's the name of one of the defensive greats of the NFL. And with that comes expectation, a little bit of pressure, but he seems to be stepping up to the plate. Mr. TJ Watt, yeah. a couple of really good weeks on the back of um, his season too. Duff thinks he's going to get away with that story, but he's going to share no, the no, entire no. Okay, so my defensive player of the year <laughs> yeah. is Aaron Donovan. <laughs> We're going to come back to a Duff story yeah, here. so He's not getting away with that one. Duff decided to Gosh. declare himself to the Arizona Cardinals at the beginning of the season, right? We not heard, a bandwagon. Not, not, yeah. not at all. Not at all. No way. We heard a lot of talk. They were 2-0, so yeah. that isn't really bandwagon. That's, you know, say. you'd seen enough, though, to know. You'd seen enough to know. He goes, oh, he's talking about K1, K1, Kyla, Kyla, in the fucking group chat every five seconds. He actually admits to us this morning after my um, profession of TJ Watt being my defensive player of the year thus far, that... After a Madden season, playing with TJ Watt at Pittsburgh, he thought when the signing came out this year, JJ Watt, his brother, being very similar names, that TJ had signed for the Arizona Cardinals and that's why he picked them. We're starting to wonder, if Kyle is out for any longer, will he use this as an opportunity to slide away to another team? How long? How long till he jumps out? How long? And I don't know, because we've seen shades of this throughout the week. There's been talk of him... In support of another team. No, I'm off, He's got I'm his NFL Carolina side again. piece. We're going to talk about it all later. So, you know, you're not getting away with that one just yet. So, you've gone AD. You've gone Donald? Yeah. yeah. See, I thought you'd go that way. I love AD. I just don't think he's been as good this year. And it's and I get it. It's hard because I think it's really hard to win Defensive Player of the Year when you've got people like double and triple teaming you. Yeah. Like, he, he beats double teams. That's why he's been so good for years. I think in the next few weeks, I really think he could be the defensive player of the year. The one thing that will depend, if Von Miller is in shape, yeah. if Von Miller can have effect, it takes the triple team away from Donald and it gives him a bit of time. Would you almost think that goes against him though? Like being like giving him the defensive player of the year because he's got all these other sort of defensive weapons around him a little bit? Well, I think it's with anyone, right? So it's, you know, it's like Steph. The minute that, Steph's good right now, right? Steph Curry, that is, in the NBA. The minute Clay comes back, Steph gets more time. He's double teamed less. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like I feel like if you're a star player and you get more opportunity, you shine. Yeah. And so that's kind of my theory behind it. And I think at the moment he's struggled a little bit this year, where he's been the clear guy. Like Jalen Ramsey's a corner. So like when I talk about those two guys being my favourite defensive players, they're completely different positions. Jalen's out on receivers or playing zone. Donald's the guy that's trying to sack a QB, for those of you who don't know NFL. So it's completely different positions where he needs that other strength in the line to give him time. And I think Von Miller will be that. And I think it's a really strategic trade for the Rams where Von Miller was never going to be the star. A guy who's getting older is basically paving the way for Donald to have another really good one or two years. Yeah, definitely. So... You know, the reason AD I chose him is I looked through the candidates and I went, okay, the def- defense, right? Which one of these would I least want to run out? Yeah, <laughs> and he won. Yeah. He's he's a man monster. If those are the options, then my defense player of the year is Liam Duff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not running. Yeah, anymore. I rate that. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell on camera, but he's a giant. He's a giant. He's a, he's a scary man. We actually sit him further away. We're actually sitting like <laughs> 20 meters ahead of him. 
And it's like that Gandalf when they shot Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Apparently Gandalf was always really close to the camera and the hobbits weren't. Oh, shit. Yeah. Just all production here. <laughs> so, yeah, for my defence play of the year, I'm going with Miles Garrett. Yeah. He's just been a wrecking ball this year. I saw it firsthand. He absolutely fucking murdered the Bears. I think he had, mm. like, four sacks or something just himself. Sports bet favourite. Yeah, he getting drug tested as soon as he took his sleeves off. Yeah. His arms are just yeah. that big. But, yeah, going with the favourite, but I think he's... There's definitely a reason why he's the favourite. Favourite's a favourite for a reason, right? And yeah. he's been very good. I, To be honest, I just haven't watched enough of the Browns this year. Like, that's the thing. And I said to you before, I said, fuck, who does Miles Garrett play for? Because yeah. I keep seeing his name pop up. And as soon as you say the Browns, I'm like, fuck, yeah, okay, I've seen the highlights on House of Highlights or on ESPN. But I just haven't watched enough of them this year yeah. to go, fuck, that's the guy yeah. that I'm picking. I think that's the thing. There's so much going on in the NFL. It's almost hard to be across it all. It's impossible. Because it's so even, because Mm. everyone's good, but no one's great, instead of knowing, oh, these are the two teams I've got to watch every week, it's like, these are the eight teams I've got to watch every week. Exactly, exactly. So, did Defensive Player of the Year, then we'll do Offensive Player of the Year. In my opinion, one of the weirdest awards, because an offensive player wins MVP 99% of the time, but we'll play along for the fans at home. Mm. Well, I'm actually going to go against that theory, because... For me this year, this year's been a special year as a Rams supporter for one man. Not Matthew Stafford. Not Odell Beckham Jr. Obviously not. (laughs) Yeah, 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 true, true. Fair play. But for one man, Mr. Cooper Cup. What a guy. First, I think, first guy in the Super Bowl era to hit, I think it was like a thousand passing yards in nine games. Yeah, something like that. Fucking unbelievable. He was, I think he's had 85 touchdowns, or sorry, 85, um, receptions, 85 receptions, yeah. passing receptions in, yeah, 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 85 <laughs> passing receptions in 10 games, which is the most in Rams history. Just a really good season from him. And I think when you talk about the player of the year, it's almost like you want to see that guy that's improved too. And I know it's not a most improved award, but... It's funny, I've seen a story this week where his dad's fantasy league have said, okay, you no longer get to um, draft your son out of courtesy. Now he's on the open roster for next (laughs) season. So I'm like, that's a really cool story. And that's a guy that for me, in a team of stars, has actually emerged as the most consistent guy. He's Stafford's go-to. I'm really excited for his next few years because I think he keeps getting better and he's got a real work ethic on the field. And he seems grounded. He's quite a centred guy. He's not... He's not an Odell that's looking for the spotlight off the field or, you know, one of those characters. So I'm really excited about Cooper Cup. And I think with that MVP field being so open, I think we're never really going to see a receiver get MVP unless he's got 85 touchdown receptions. Um, And for me, I think when you know you're not going to see that, you almost, I want to give him a little bit of merit here in the Offensive Player of the Year. um, He's been a guy that's been consistent for all of the nine rounds, even in our losses. I think he's had one sort of average game and it's probably because Stafford couldn't get the ball out of his hand. So I was going to go the boy, Kyler Murray, but mm. based off you as well, I'm going to go someone a little different, a running mm. back, James Connor, for the Cardinals. He's got, I don't know, I think he's either got the highest running rushing touchdowns or the most touchdowns in the league. So he's doing pretty good. Nice. Every week he start. seems to score one. Um, even when they got pumped, which we're not going to talk about, obviously, mm. he scored uh-huh. on. <laughs> and he's just a beast. 
No, just charges three people. Yeah. Nice. Look, like looking unreal, man. I think for mine, I'm probably going to go. I was originally going to go with Stafford, but you guys have peer pressured me out of it. Yeah. Which I respect. Was thinking about Cup, but I don't. I can't see an MVP like a quarterback and a receiver getting the two like like that yeah. in one team. Yeah. Fair. So I'll stay with the receiver, but I'll go over to Green Bay, who I think's probably been the second best receiver this year. Maybe the best depends sort of how you want to cut it. But Devontae Adams over there. Yeah. Always very good. Super consistent. And I think we've seen, you know, the, the week that they didn't have him. That was when they really struggled. They struggle. And and as soon as Devontae Adams is out of that Packers side, the lines start to change yeah. on the betting odds. And, like, I think people know how valuable he is. So, yeah, he's a very good player. I think a similar guy that's been really unlocked by having an elite quarterback. But yes. I mean, when you have that talent, it really allows you to, like... Activate your force potential. Receiver's one of those positions you can really understand why these guys chop and change, right, from yeah. sides. Because, and you can see why guys like Alvin Kamara and um, Michael, um, what was his name, Michael Thomas, yeah. those guys were at New Orleans for so long because they had Drew Brees. You know why Gronk, Edelman, all those guys got really comfortable at the Pats for so long? Because to be a, re- a successful receiver, you need a fucking good quarterback. Yeah. Definitely. There's no question about it. You know, there's no, we're not going to see any fucking offensive player of the year in the receivers on the Giants when Daniel Jones is throwing. We're not going to see any this year at Cleveland with Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Yeah. So you need a good QB. It's like you can't have a good relationship if one partner in crime is fucking a piece of shit. Exactly. So you know what I mean? Like it, it's that balance. And I think, you know, like you said, it unlocks the best wide receivers. And, you know, there's a reason why... There's a reason why they chop and change, and you've got to respect that that's just one of those positions where they need to do that. Yeah. And to be honest, like, we spoke a little bit about it before <clears throat> Duff mentioned um, the new king, Derrick Henry. If he had been healthy for all of this season, he would have very much been probably that offensive player of the year and very much an MVP candidate. Yeah, he took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, he doesn't get injured, he's taken both. In my opinion, he's taken both. He's taken awards. both. And, like, you look at the Titans right now, they're 8-2. and two. Eight and two without their star player yeah. for the last two or three weeks. Ryan Tannehill, baby, the goat. Ryan, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. he's the offensive yeah. player. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, if he is, I'll be damned. Is so, there, do you got? Is there a timeline for Henry? Like, is, can he come back this year, or is he out for the season? I think he looks pretty well out for the season. Okay. Um, that's a hard injury to come back from. The thing that excited me is a little bit of talk this week from Mr. Cam Akers. Mm. He's, he's getting chirpy on socials in the comment sections. And, you know, Duff, you sent something across this week, him in the comment section saying, wait until I'm back sort of thing. And I think he's really sort of pushing it. He was saying that he'll be back right at the best time of the season, which is mm. kind of playoffs. Playoff time. Yeah. It's a very hard injury to come back from, but I think it happened early enough in the preseason. Yeah. If it had happened in the, in the season, you'd go, no way. But it happened early enough in preseason, you think... Maybe this guy can get right. He's young. He's he's a fucking purebred athlete. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Keeping going with the awards now. We're going to look at the rookies. In the actual NFL awards, there's an offensive rookie and a defensive rookie. I don't know about you guys. I'm not across NFL enough to look yeah. at both sides. So I think we're just going to stick to one rookie of the year. Yeah. And to be honest, I love Justin Fields. You guys know I love Justin yeah. Fields. Everyone knows. I think it's pretty clear cut who the rookie of the year is. And do I'm we want to do it in unison? Three. On the can. Two, one. one. Mac, Mac Jones. Jones. Yeah. Big Mac truck. Just what a fucking guy. Taking the taking the um the torch right from Belichick and just becoming an 
a star-looking player in his first year. Unreal. It, it was interesting to see some comments on him this week. And I think it's probably a lot of the comments at Tom Brady. I think there's real comparisons with those guys, right? They've obviously gone to the Patriots, it's which is... White. Yeah, they're That's white. They've the gone to the Patriots, too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people saying he can't run the ball if he needs to. Yeah. He can't throw those sideway passes. Fuck, does he need to? Tom Brady doesn't do any of that. Exactly, yeah. If, like, if you're a smart quarterback, like he's doing all the right things. He's in a team that have been offensively depleted. He's come in in his first year taking the reins off a guy like Cam Newton and being fucking really effective. Yeah. And they're a team we'll see in the playoffs this year. And they're a team that I think, if we look at a few weeks back, man, they fucking challenged the Bucks. They went toe-to-toe, him and Brady. And, like, that come down to the wire. That was field goal-ending stuff. Yeah. So, for Just me... Wait for my Super Bowl prediction, boys. Yeah, because... Remember I said it... No, but remember I said at the start of the season, did, Bill yeah. Simmons, he tipped... Tampa and Pats Super Bowl I don't think he's going to be that far off they're definitely not the two teams that I have there but I think they're definitely the Patriots a team that can really upset some people's runs that, I think they have upset potential like I think mm. they might they might catch a team lacking going into the first round thinking oh like it's just the Patriots and they might roll them mm. I don't think they've got the I don't think they've got the guts in them to go for a long run though because I think once they get that first upset the next team will be like fuck we've got to take them seriously and that's probably when they'll get. But hit. defensively, they're very good. Yeah. That's the other thing. Like in a, in a team where you can hold back points, takes pressure off Mac. That's true. Like I think almost that's the best asset for a young QB. If you've got a good defense, obviously people talk about offensive line and having receivers and running backs to support you. Everyone talks a lot about offense, but for me, I'm like, if say I'm a young quarterback, it's not that hard to imagine, right? I'm pretty athletic in that. No. I'm a young, yeah, I'm a young quarterback, straight out of the draft, rookie season. If I'm on a team that every time we hand the ball over, the opposition is scoring points. In my head, I'm like, fuck every, like every drive, we've got to score. Exactly. Yeah. It puts so much pressure on you. But when you know that you're in a team where defensively you can shut down an offense, you can shut down a drive, you can get the ball back in good field position. It takes a little bit of load off you. Yeah. And Bill Belichick seems really happy with the progress of Mac Jones and the Patriots this year. So, you know, all power to him. He's, he's been the standout rookie of the year, um, I think, in, in all three of our opinions. And I'm really excited to see what he can do back into the season with, yeah. with another... Everyone, everyone forgets. We talk about other teams getting stronger and those big-name players, you know, perking up towards the end of the season. Well, you know, another nine weeks under this guy's belt, what more can he achieve? We'll have to wait and see, but it's fucking exciting. Jamar Chase is the other one that's like yeah. the... Would he be the favourite, I think? I think it's I think him and Maka. He might be like 50 cents more favourite or yeah. something. Mm. But, yeah, I think from what I've watched, at least, I think Mac's there. Yeah. Devil's advocate, though, Fields is only getting better. He had probably the rockiest start you can get mm. to. It. Like, he was like, Dalton was starting, they were bringing him in for one play a game. And then he's, he's getting used to it. The Bears O-line is shit, so he's learning. Mm. He's from, went from college where he had 20 seconds to throw the ball to where he's got probably five now. But he's looking good. I'm not saying he's going to jump out and be favourite and stuff, but I can see a late surge from the kid. If well, they can yeah, keep there's an old saying, it's hard to polish a turd, and unfortunately he plays for a, a team that's pretty fucking shit across the board at the moment. Yeah. So it's very hard to look good in <laughs> that. Yeah. But he's... But in shades, he's looked really good. Yeah, so it's kind of like, if he can get the people around him, and I see that you're wearing a North Face yes, jumper with a bear on it. Um, nice little tribute to your team. Gotcha, I gotcha. Um, yeah, like, he's, he's one guy that, 
It's, I guess it's part of being a rookie, right? You know, you know you're getting drafted to a team that's not, not been all that good. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, Chicago just haven't drafted, picked, moved, traded all that well this year to support him. So, fingers crossed he gets a better team around him in the years to come. There's been a lot of chatter about... A lot of Bulls... I mean, a lot of Bears fans saying, like, we, lo- we love Justin, and it's for those reasons we kind of feel bad that he's here. Like, yeah. Because this is a front office that's pretty well known for mishandling talent or mismanaging it or getting talent and then sort of being like, we've got it, we're going to ride it out and not actually making those moves. So, Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but Justin Fields proved a lot of people wrong in college last year because yeah. they were definitely the heavy underdogs coming up against Trevor Lawrence's Clemson Tigers. And man, he looked fucking good yeah. on bowl day and he performed and they won that game. And I think everyone thought, holy fuck, Justin Fields is a real deal. And... I think it's only a matter of time until he proves that in the NFL. Yeah, it might not be this year, but... It, it might saying, be a couple of years. He's got a good future, though. I'm just yeah. saying, if in nine weeks we turn around and he's made the run, I want you to remember who called it. Yeah. Well, it wasn't you. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> um, last of the awards now is Coach of the Year. This was one we had a little bit of back and forth about because, like we said, there's no real standout teams. Yeah. There's a lot of pretty good teams, so there's a lot of coaches that are scheming really well for a few games and then getting the absolute shit kicked out of them for one game mm. which makes it hard to say like who's been the best but I think that we've we've all landed on an option yeah for me it was between two people um, I actually had Bill Belichick written down for a minute because I think he's done some incredible things at the Pats this year with a new, like we just spoke about with Mac there for the first season and um, building a team back from scratch but I've gone with a guy who I think has made a complete turnaround in his side and a guy that Mr. Liam Duffy's starting a little smirk on his face about. Um, Mr. Cliff Kingsbury, the, the coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Really good season from them. Um, one of the standouts in the NFC, if not the, the whole Super Bowl contention talk. And, um, you know, I think with Kyler, their record would even be a little bit more polished if it's possible. So. Yeah. I think it's exciting to see what's happening there at the Cardinals and obviously Cliff's a big part of that, bringing that team together and um, they've done a really good job of not really buying any big names or trading for any big names but really smartly selecting their side and making the best of what they have so he probably takes the cake for me. Last week when I wasn't here due to the suspension, my favourite part listening to the podcast was Brad saying the Cardinals are the team to beat. Yeah, and they're, they're it like felt safe to say it with you, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But anyway, so my coach of the year, I have gone Beliak Belichick. Ooh, I like him. He's done a lot with the Pats, like losing Brady. You're gonna think where are they gonna go from? <coughs> like how they're gonna rebuild? It's gonna take yeah. a few years, but well, I think it's pretty strong. It's redemption for him, isn't it? Because last year there was a lot of shit put on Bill Belichick for ah, oh, he needs Tom Brady. Well, he actually doesn't because he's got now a rookie and he's a guy that kind of helped Tom Brady. Like, yeah. he's been there at the Pats for so long. And that's why, for me, he had to be top two. He had to be top two. It's, that's a really hard award. I'm interested to see who you picked. So I was throwing up between, like, your guy, Kingsbury. Obviously, Belichick's always going to be there. McVeigh was one that was really, really weighing on my mind. But I had to think about it. And I eventually went with Kingsbury mm. just because, team-wise... The Cardinals, obviously you tweak your roster here and there, but they pretty much are working with the same group from last year. Yeah. And yeah, Kyler's made a jump, but if you've got the same guys and suddenly you're performing a lot better, I think you've got to put a lot of that on the coaching. 100%. Whereas with the Rams, same thing, they've made a big jump, but they've swapped their quarterback, they've brought in some names and stuff. Obviously coaching that is difficult, mm. but I think it's hard to look at 
you, I don't think you can see a bunch of personnel moves and have your first thought be it's the coach. Yeah, and look, I think for the, for those of you listening, watching, there's many of you back home. Um, one thing that probably for the people who aren't huge NFL fans, you're not super aware of. NFL is such a game that is play-based. A lot of it is driven by the coach. Yeah. Like if the coach's playbook isn't of quality, it's really hard to be a good player in a team with a shit playbook. And I think it speaks to, you know, obviously someone like Kyler Murray, who's been a standout and probably the most improved player in the NFL this year for the games that he's been healthy is, oh, well, that's Kyler putting in more work in the gym. That's Kyler spending more time on the field. And a lot of it likely is. Yeah. But without the right plays to succeed and put the right receivers in positions without having Connor to your left, to your right, where he needs to be running those right lines and making those plays, it's very hard to look good. So I think a lot of it comes back to the coach and it's why that coach-QB relationship is so important. And when they fall out, usually one finds the door. So, yeah, I think a couple of really good coaches this year, but those two guys seem to be the standout. So, yeah, Kingsbury second, Belichick third, Matt Nagy first. Okay. <laughs> um, and then finally, not an award, but, you know, it wouldn't, wouldn't be a prediction show without it. <coughs> Boys, who's in the Super Bowl this year? Okay. So for me, the NFC, it's the Rams division, mm-hmm. right? I'm really confident that we'll pull it together end of season. There's two new players who have come into the frame, offensively and defensively. They'll start the mix with the team. Stafford will get a little bit more confidence. I can see the Rams being there. Yeah. It's hard to imagine they're not at least top two, three yeah. in the NFC, right? So I think the Rams, I really struggled with the AFC because it's so open at the moment it's so fucking open there's the Bills there's the Ravens there's those two teams that seem to be at the top of it but let me tell you something I just I hinted towards it at the beginning of the show in a real undertaker moment last week Paddy Mahomes boy comes out and has a fucking blinder they put the fucking Raiders to bed yeah I've just got that little sense that Patrick Mahomes is fucking back and I'm going Rams v Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Rams to win. But I tell you what, it feels special because they're the two teams that I hold jerseys for. This year I feel like it's my actual team and my bandwagon finals team of the last few seasons coming together. I wouldn't be all that mad if Lamar Jackson and the Ravens made it because I'm a big Lamar fan as well. And I like that culture at the Ravens, but I'm telling you, the Chiefs are fucking back. They're going to go on a tear the last nine weeks of this year, or the last eight weeks now. And it's looking very fucking dangerous for the AFC because they are left wide open at the moment. There is a fucking a winner that needs to just fucking reach out and grab yeah. that crown of that AFC division. And I think the Chiefs are the team to do it. Yeah. Couldn't agree couldn't disagree more, actually. Okay. I don't like the Chiefs at I'm all. I'm fake you there, didn't he? Wow. Well, <laughs> no, oh, no, we're going to Yeah, yeah. He went, you know what he just done on me? Fucking Chris Paul, fake under the leg pass, <laughs> goes straight up and fucking puts yeah. the ball in the net. So from the NFC, I think it's fair if we do our team, like that we support, because we obviously oh, hell yeah. them. Hell and yeah. then we do one that we think to could possibly upset them. Okay. So like you would say Rams, and then obviously Cardinals would pump them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know okay. about that. So <laughs> I I've got you're the, talking gibberish. I've got the Cardinals in the Super Bowl, obviously, against the Pats. Mm. So looking through the AFC, you've got the Bills, who I haven't watched any games of, but I just do not like them. 
the overrated Josh oh, Allen fraud. should not be MVP favorite. The Chiefs, hot and cold. He'll have one good game to five bad games. They're not going to make it. The Titans, I was a bit scared of. No Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think they're pretty much you're, done with You're that. not getting there. This guy's getting fucking hated over here. Fucking Ravens, the Ravens, I don't know. They've been a bit hot and cold. Yeah. Like, I'll watch one game, they'll go out on fire. Then I'll watch the next, and then they're shit. And they're a bit of a fourth quarter team, which is... Scary in playoffs. Copied by the Dolphins. It's not all that good, is it? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I've got the Pats, and they're playing the Bills twice in the next few weeks. So, if mm. they win one of them, then I'm, like, really, really keen on them. They've, they've got an interesting run because their run isn't actually that bad outside of those two Bills games. Yeah. And it's like, if they can beat the Bills, if they beat the Bills twice, yeah, very hard for the Bills to come back from oh, that, definitely. like, mentally. <clears throat> And I'm like, fuck, there's, there's something brewing there at New England that feels right. My thing is just, Mac will get better, like I said before, but something about like those plays, Pat Mahomes has been there twice now. Yeah. He's won it, he's been beaten. He knows what it feels like to be beaten. He knows what it feels like to win. He knows what needs to be done. That's why I've got that suspicion that they're just coming back. Travis Kelsey just fucking come back from the dead last week and had a blinder. Yeah. He was just not present for a few weeks. There's been so much happening around that Chiefs camp. Maybe clear the mist, tunnel vision, yeah. Super Bowl, only to get beat by the Rams. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the Chiefs schedule looks like going forward. Is the only thing. Yeah, I'll have a look. But I'll have a look. I see in the result of their game this week, it wasn't like they had a few where we were like, oh, the Chiefs are back and it was a three point win or whatever. That was a demolition. So if they can sort of ride that energy. It's not, it's not, like we've said all year, they just need to get a little bit of form and they'll ride it all the way through. They've got an interesting run because they've got the Cowboys this week, that'll which be, is a, that's a, a tough game. game. That's a real game to see where you're at. They've got the Broncos the week after at home. Broncos yeah. are a great away team. They're really good on the road. I've heard that, yeah. Yeah. Um, the Raiders, who they've just beaten and demolished. Yeah. They've got the Chargers. They were great at the start of the season with Herbert. They've gone missing the last four yeah. weeks. So they should beat the Chargers. They've got the Steelers, um, Liam's third bandwagon team, with TJ Watt over there. Um, they've got the Bengals, which, you know, you'd like to think they'll triumph over Joe Burrows and his side. And then they've got the Bronx again at home. So they'll beat the Broncos yeah. at the Broncos home stadium. So that could be, I think that could be good for them. Mm. And I think you almost, you almost need one or two hard... Like, my thing is, if you're a team, if you're a really good team underperforming, you almost don't want an easy run to the finals. Yeah. You need to get a little bit of a taste of what... Exactly. You don't want to get beaten up heading into the finals and have rough games every week because you want to be in shape. But you almost need one or two tests just to remind you what it feels like to be in a big game, to make big plays, and to have to come up without extra percent yeah. to get you across the line and get a TD or get a field goal. or you know. And I think there's a healthy mix where sometimes I worry... You're a team... Talk about it in the NRL all the time. A team like the Panthers this year, really good run, has a couple tough games. That's actually really fucking good for team character because otherwise you start to get a little bit cocky and all too confident. That, and those boys are already confident enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, And it's like, I think that's really important for a team to have those couple hard games. And, and look, if you can't beat the best during season, you're exactly, not going to beat yeah. them in fucking... 
playoff season. So, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Who are you picking? Well, in what you were saying, we saw it this week with the boxing, Tim Zhu. Went 12 rounds with Eli Ainu. And said that in the interview, was like, he's had two TKOs this year. He's got, like, a championship fight coming up. He's like, I needed this. I needed to actually go the 12. Mm. I need to feel a little bit in danger because, yeah, you don't want to go into a fight knocking three dudes out feeling all cocky against, like, a champion because it's not going to happen, so... Talk about it all the time, right? Like the best for me, you're not a good fighter. I, I can't get behind a fighter until he's found his fucking ass on the canvas exactly, and had to get yeah. back up. Because I'm like, that's where character's made. That's why I'm a massive Tyson Fury fan. That guy can go down twice in a fight and box the head off you for the next three rounds. Yeah. Like, fucking, that's what it's about. So, and the Chiefs have had that this year. Exactly. And the Rams have too. Yeah. I think that's the, everyone has. That's the weird thing at this year. Yeah, it is. So, so, there's no one that hasn't had a bad loss, which is just. Really confusing. Who's on the top of your cards? So, I talked a lot of shit about the Cowboys last week. Regretted a little bit because they came out and just absolutely thrashed the Falcons. Mm-hmm. They are the Falcons though, like so. I don't. Yeah. I think the Chiefs, like we talked about, that'll be a big game in sort of determining where everyone sits. And I think just having the Cowboys in a Super Bowl will be just disastrous for NFL fans everywhere. Yeah. But I think it would be kind of fun as well. So they're like a maybe on my team. I think the Rams are hard to go past, though, just in terms of they had their window open already and then they've thrown, which I respect the hell out of, they're throwing the money behind it. They're making the moves. They yeah. know that three years down the line, fuck, this might not ever happen again. So yeah. go get the guys that can help you win now, Like, which I think that's what sports is all about. Yeah, 100%. The cards, I think, were up there, but I think Kyler losing that, I don't know what, what he's got, but when he comes back, will he be the full Kyler as well? I think he's got an ankle injury as well, so that'll yeah, affect like, the rushing and everything. Yeah, and he's got a game predicated on running, so... Well, and a game where he moves laterally a lot to get out of the way, and yeah, yeah that'll be interesting. And I don't know, their team doesn't seem that strong apart from him, so I don't know if I don't know if he can coast... I don't, But I don't know if he can be at 75% and then they can still be as dominant as they are. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he'll be 100% for the rest of the season just because of how strenuous and how full-on NFL is. Yeah. So to be trying to rehab an ankle injury and also make a Super Bowl push, I think it'll just be... Not easy. So that's why I think the Rams have just... Mm. And like we said, though, they're only like... If they take two losses or something, or if they like get an injury, same shit. Like, it's so yeah. early. But for me, they've just put so much work in that I think that they're just gunning for it. And then, yeah, I the Chiefs. They're so hard for me to go past, man. They're like, they're like my dirty little secret. Just wait, boys. I'll They've, be right. I've spent the whole year saying that they're shit and Paddy isn't looking good, but he gets one good game and I'm just sitting there like, oh, what if? You just know if? that if he turns it on at any time, yeah, very fucking hard to be. And that's because we talk about the other contenders in that in that division is the Titans are done. Mm. If Henry's out, they're not making the Super Bowl. Mm. The Bills, we all know, are frauds. Packers. I can't see it happening. I don't think Rodgers is locked in enough to win a Super Bowl. Like, I think he's out there just to... It's like it's almost like a goodbye season. Yeah. Lamar and the Ravens, that could be really fun. And it's like it's like the Bulls commentator Stacey King always says, you know, big-time players make big-time plays. I think that the cream will rise to the top and, the, like, Lamar and Mahomes and stuff like that, they'll really start gunning for it. I'd love to see the AFC battle off yeah. to make the Super Bowl Chiefs Ravens that'd be one of the best fuck that'd be a great game but yeah, my heart. we've seen some great battles from them too in the past like I think that would be a fucking mad game to see so yeah, mine might be too hot of a take might just be riding the trends but I see it as Chiefs Rams at the moment nice and that's it so we'll just some mid-season awards 
Let us know in the comments. Reach out to us how wrong we are, what we've missed, because mm. we fucking definitely missed shit. Well, de- we might even put up a little poll on Spotify for those of you who listen on that platform to see who, yeah, whose mid-season picks they prefer the most. I'll make up a little table with the graphics and everything. Yeah, will be fun. Nice. Um, so we'll jump into the regular content now because there has been some NFL news that isn't awards-based. The Detroit Lions have had their first game where they didn't lose. They didn't win. But they've had their first game where they didn't lose. Take what you can get, right? I think we've been the most boring game ever. (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly. But it was shit weather. It was raining the whole game. They both had under, like, 200 passing yards. Mm. 16 all or something. Like, It was against Seahawks, wasn't it? No, it was the um, um, Steelers. Steelers, Steelers, sorry, yeah. That's right. Um, (laughs) Jared Goff, fuck, man. I think it... (laughs) It's, it really speaks to how good Sean McVay was as a coach yeah. because to fucking even get as far as we did with Jared Goff considering the season he's had. And I haven't been all that critical of the Lions this year because they've lost so many close games. I don't think they're as bad as we think they are. But it gets to a point where it's like, fucking come on. Like, yeah. you've, there's, there's not that bad, then there's... Oh, fuck, you're making it really hard for us to think anything else. And... Just that game, probably two of the worst QBs right now. It's just, yeah, it's abysmal. And the fact that, you know, I don't, I just don't even know if they get a win for the rest of the season. They're the new that. Jaguars. Well, that's the thing I was going to say. We talked so much about the Jags and they're so shit and their coach was like cheating on his wife and stuff mm. and they've got Trevor Lawrence. That, that And we talked, Detroit were bad enough to lose, but they weren't stinking it up. So they kind of went under the radar. Yeah. And then, yeah, you look down now and you're like, they still haven't won. But like, they just... I don't know what's going on with them. The record speaks for itself, right? So the Odell Beckham Jr. trade is looking like everyone's lost it. The Browns lost pretty convincingly without him. The Rams lost with him. Mm. Did you get to see much of him? How did he, how did he look in his first I game? I didn't. Unfortunately, I was stuck in meetings um, for my soon-to-be not-so-long nice. part-time job. Um, it just, I don't know, and I just think a lot of it come down to Matt Stafford this week. He wasn't that good. I think when Stafford's on, it will be really interesting to see. And it will be interesting to see when, when Stafford's on and he's got those two, three really good options. It would have been cool to see them all out there with Robert Woods as well, but obviously yeah. he's gone down with that ACL injury for the rest of the season. But we've still got plenty of talent yeah. in our slots. So um, I didn't really get to see much of him, but I think this week will be a different story and yeah. hopefully he gets a, a few TDs and we get to see a little bit of a dance routine in that Rams kit. Well, I think it takes a while, especially to slot into a new system when yeah. you're a new receiver. Like you got to figure out what the quarterbacks are doing differently. Sean McVay plays a very different offense to anyone else either. That's very high pace, yeah. rolls forward quickly, a lot of different things and moving pieces of the puzzle happening. So um, it'll take time to learn a playbook. It takes anyone fucking time to learn a playbook, let alone mid-season. Yeah. Speaking of Rams personnel, Rob Woods has announced that he's done his ACL, so I think mm. he's out for the season now, which is disappointing to see yeah rough rough go um he was good this year he wasn't he's definitely not our go-to guy like i think him and cooper cup had this really nice like inner team rivalry though where every week they'd have like a little battle off to see who could come with the better stats and i think that that. yeah (laughs) cup Cup was well ahead but it was kind of like i think it's nice fuel to the fire and there's obviously really good culture there at the rams at the moment so hopefully he can just be a part of bringing those boys together in the receivers and um, he's obviously the more experienced guy of him and Cup, so hopefully he continue to be in Cup's ear and um, sort of ground him and keep him settled as well. Because there's no doubt that 
for a guy like Cooper Cup, you can either respond really well to Odell signing, where you're like, oh, it takes a little bit of the spotlight off me. I can still be as effective and not cop all the media and sort of fly under the radar. Or you can almost feel a little bit threatened. Well, I'm the guy this year. Now they've got the guy who's not the guy, but everyone's talking about him being yeah, the guy. Exactly. Fuck, like, you either respond to it either way. So hopefully Robert Woods can keep him calm and yeah. just be a really good, um, almost like receiver coach for those boys this year. Odell wasn't responding well to Stafford. You see the little clips I sent you boys of him just giving Stafford the death stare? Yeah. Mm. Not I, good. Um, Not good. Like I, we said it a few times, I think Odell is living a lot off his past performance, and that's yeah. what, I don't think Cup would be too threatened because NFL know players know when you play against guys. Yeah. So he'd know like Odell was probably a bit overrated even his peak, and his peak is well behind him. Yeah. He's not coming in there to steal twenty catches from Cup. Like yeah. he'll be as like a pressure release valve, but mm. he'll do some flashy shit. He always does, but. He's not going to be putting up the big numbers. Cup's still got his role. And Stafford knows too. Stafford's not going to suddenly be like, yeah, Cup's been working for me the whole season. We're the best ever. But I'm going to start looking at this guy just because he was on fucking Madden once. Yeah, Sean McVay's a fucking smart man. Yeah. Um, Cam is back in Carolina. Got his first touchdown. The Charlotte Hornets were very excited to see the, uh, the Panthers get a win over the Cardinals. Duck yeah. was at home having a nervous breakdown. He didn't know how to compute it. He, and then he starts to send through some highlight videos of Cam Newton yeah. and he's talking about, I thought about the Carolina, no. Carolina convalescence. Listen, boys, listen, okay? I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm not into Carolina. I'm off them big time. Yeah. Like, I saw that little clip of Cam getting the touchdown. I'm back on. He ran for one yard. Like the, other, the other QB did the whole drive. He yeah. comes on for the last play and scores. And has this big cocky ego. Didn't he have only like two snaps or something yeah, like that? that yeah, yeah. Fifty <laughs> percent touchdown though. You know, like, yeah, yeah, that's good. That's, that's good. pretty good. Pretty good stats. Stats are stats, right? The thing is, you're right, but the Panthers aren't winning anything, so you got to give the fans something. And what they want is their former MVP, like the Golden Boy. Mm. He's back. He's playing for the crowd and stuff. He, we know he's not going to go in there and play the entire game and get him to a Super Bowl, but it's good for them to watch. It's good for them to see. They've been struggling with fucking Sam Darnold the whole year. Yeah, like, and look, and to be fair, if you fucking if you fucking come back and like they're not going to be a, a contention team, but I wouldn't be against seeing Ken Newton have a really good end of season with the Panthers. Oh, I'm all for it. You Cam know what was I mean? One of the reasons I started liking NFL. Man. He's that, just not the player he was. Game. Like he's he's broken down with injuries and he can't be the effective runner that he was. And there's probably a reason that he's broken down with injuries because he was that kind of player. Yeah. And those, and it's why guys like Tom Brady have been future-proof because they don't run the ball and get fucking hit like Cam Newton got here. Even though he's a big body, you still put your body under stress as a QB when you're when you're there every snap. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what he does at the Panthers. But there's definitely a buzz around Carolina right now, and all the videos and the footage and the media are out there. Um, keep it rolling. Yeah, definitely. I think we're getting to that point in the season where like. Obviously, the teams that have been out of it for a while are out of it, but those sort of middle teams are starting to fall off a bit mm. and priorities start changing from making a late-season push to like trying to consolidate what they can for next year yeah. and stuff. Well, one thing I'm excited for with Cam Newton is if he's going good at the Carolina Panthers, fucking his Instagram captions are going to be going off. And his hats. Yeah, his Instagram captions hats. and hats. That's what two of those <laughs> things that that guy's known for. Um, I think that's it for the NFL, unless you guys had anything that we've missed. No, that's about it. Been a bit of a, I think it was a bit of a cruisy week in the NFL. Most things well, went how they should. Apart and heading into a bye week them. this week too, so there's less games. Yeah. Um, Rams are off. There's a couple of teams that are off. So uh, it'll be interesting to see 
who sort of rises and becomes cream of the crop after this week because exactly. definitely there's a lot of things left wide open and I think a lot of those AFC matchups for the rest of the seasons are all potential finals matchups. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of yeah, it's an interesting nine weeks or eight weeks to come. Yeah. Jumping into some NBA now, and the NBA is in like fucking reverse land. The teams that were good last year are shit now. The teams that were shit are good now. No one knows what's fucking happening. You wake up any day, throw a dartboard, and you'll pick some winners. Mm. Like it's just, I don't know what the fuck's happening. The Warriors are looking like the best team in basketball again. I think they're 10, 11 and 2 or something. Steph is so good. Steph is an early MVP candidate, which is just unreal. And they don't even have Clay back yet. Mm. They Scary. Dominant. They're Scary. not like lucky. They're winning their games by an average of like fucking 15, 17 points or something. Scary. It's like when you see like... You know what it's like? What's it like? It's like when you see Clark Kent and you go... Right now the Warriors are Clark Kent, right? Good-looking fella, sharp, fit. Clay comes back, fucking Superman suits on. Holy fuck. Get the fuck out of their way. Get the fuck out of their way. That cunt's going to fucking laser beam you now. Well, they've just done what... They, so they were always really good at it, and then over the last two years, they kind of went away from it. But, like, mm. they got a lottery pick in Wiseman and whatever, but they're finding, like, talent that people don't want. Like, Gary Payton the third, I think, or the second, he is unreal. He, they picked him off the scrap heap. He's looking like a fucking defensive, like like all defensive team player. Mm. Fucking who else? Jordan they, Poole looks unreal. They got a great coach. Steve Kerr is Kerr, a fucking yeah. fantastic coach. And so Draymond's looking like good Draymond again. I think he just kind of decided to take a few years off when he mm. knew they weren't competing. But yeah, man, they're knocking down the saved himself. Off. They fucking embarrassed the Bulls who were coming in like hot as hell. Mm. I think they only lost. They lost to the Hornets. Yeah, that's right. And then even that, that was last that was shot or game. something. Yeah. And the Hornets are knocking some people off too. Getting excited. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, the East is wild. Like, Hornets are up there now. Wizards, I think they're fucking first. Cavs look that's good. That's mental. But then on the other side, like, the Bucks are in eighth seed right now. Philly are looking all right, like, to their credit. Yeah. Brooklyn are shit again. Like, I just... Boston suck. They've already had a fucking players-only meeting. Yeah. That's in month one of a new coach. It's interesting, isn't it? I think one thing that was cool for me to see this week was your Bulls beat the Lakers. Lonzo, 27 points, seven threes. Like, it's always nice to see the guy that they lost faith in come back and, like, put a fucking clinic on against them. Well, there was a lot of of reason for the Bulls to go go him in LA because DeMar from Compton played in USC. Mm. Booch played in USC with Demar. He obviously didn't play, though. Levine went to UCLA. Alonzo from Chino Hills went to UCLA. Caruso was the fan favourite of the Lakers for a while. Like, a lot of homecomings. In Can I game. ask? Obviously seen um, Bron and Caruso dapping each other up post-game, but there were some comments from AD in a press conference about Alex Caruso. Oh, who's that guy? Oh, really? Did you see that? Nah. And I was like, I wasn't sure whether it was jokes or whether it, it was it proper shade. It would have been jokes, I think. Because there was a lot of chatter over the, over the last few weeks about... So Caruso obviously wanted to re-sign with the Lakers. Like, fair yeah. enough. They gave him his shot and stuff. He put forward his number. The Lakers said no. He's like, I'll take a bit of a pay cut. I really want to come back here. The Lakers said no again. So then went to the Bulls, who fucking rightfully so gave him the bank. Mm. So there's been a lot of chatter about he really wanted to go back. And the Lakers use him, man. He's yeah. like a young guard, good defender. And they just threw him away. Mm. But yeah. that brings me into something else, which is Anthony Davis is a coward. And I'm sick of watching him. He's like seven foot tall. He's meant to be one of the most dominant bigs in the NBA. All he wants to do is fucking shoot mid-rangers. Like, he got clamped in that Bulls game by Alonzo and Caruso. He got dominated by Giannis. Hmm. I don't I don't think he's as good as people think he is, man. 
Can I put a question out there? Should the brow get the brow back? Has he lost it? Didn't he shave it? Not last time I saw. I thought he had it still. Okay. Oh, if he's Disregard. lost it, if he's lost Disregard. it, then absolutely he should get it back. Disregard. I thought he shaved it at one point. He could have. Got a little bit of separation between the eyebrows. I've, I feel like we've got to check this. <laughs> and then also, he just doesn't look the him that he looked in these last few seasons, does he? Like, no. It's been a problem that has been with him his whole career, which is he should be playing centre, right? You play him at centre, you've got a really mobile unit, a really good shooting unit. But he wants to play power forward. He doesn't want to bang with the big boys. So then they've got to put in fucking Andre Drummond last year, DeAndre Jordan this year, these fucking just corpses that just clog up the paint don't do anything I think it's grown back I think he shaved it at one point right That's but I shocking. think it's grown back because there was definitely times there where he had separation between brows which is actually quite a healthy thing for a human being but nah. for AD if you name the brow you can't shave it yeah no, nah, it's definitely back the brow's definitely back Duff, you called on this during the week, so I'm going to clear out and let you take an ISO on it. You said we're not talking enough about Phoenix and what they're doing. Yeah, so, like, I get the point you made how they went good last year, so then everyone's, like, gone a bit quiet on them this year, but I have not seen a single article or social media post about how good they're going. They're, like, 11-3 and three right now. Even Book. Yeah. Like, the, last year there were so many articles about Book. All the fits he's wearing last year, him rocking up in the car, yeah. matching yeah. suit. Like, no one's talking about them this year. And I think it's doing them good, though. Yeah. They're just going solo. You're right there? Leafs getting my way. Square just up. focusing on themselves. And yeah. It's working well. Do you feel like, if you're, say you're a star player in a good team like that, how fucking, like, you almost feel like as a coach and as a coaching staff, you go, boys... Let's not post all that much on social. Let's go a little bit quiet here because right now we're flying under the radar. Let's take this little lick while we can yeah. and fucking run with it. Definitely. Because I'm like, it's almost like if you're posting, like say for example, Odell. Yeah. You know that Odell guy on the Rams is going to be a lot of chatter. Every week he's going to be chatting about who he's playing, who he's beaten, which is fans we love. But if you're like, if you get that opportunity to fly under the radar, you almost say to everyone, let's fucking take this in our stride. Yeah. Shut down the socials for a bit. Be quiet. Let's rock up and just play basketball until we can't get away with it anymore. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, because there's something about that. Like, teams, it's almost... And, you know, opposition would know who they're going in there against. But when you don't have all the, the chat in the media and all the pressure, definitely does good for your head. Yeah. Oh, and, like, especially coming off a finals appearance last year too, like, mm. a lot of the chatter could be, like, are they going to do it again? Are they going to repeat? Yeah. So, like... Being able to avoid that, I think, could be really good mentally because you're not sort of putting that pressure on yourself. Like, mm. even the box, they've been, like, everyone's... At the first few weeks, everyone's like, they're going back-to-back. Back, they're looking yeah. unstoppable. And then Phoenix had nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah, when you said it, I, I didn't realise they were that good as well, so I'll, I'll cop that one. I will say as well, that little fucking play I sent you boys in the group chat this Chris week, Paul Chris one. Paul, yeah. the fake underleg. Oh, I think I missed it. Oh, but he fucking... He fooled the guy so much. He fooled the defender so much. You know he missed the layup, though? Did he? That's why that highlight <laughs> cuts off right there. Oh. The classic... Chris Paul is fucking notorious for those. Like, makes an awesome layup, and then you'll see it. he, like, goes like that, and the play will cut because, yeah, he bricks the layup or something. Fuck. But yeah, you play guys... It, play it. You can play it with volume if you like. Oh, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> yeah, it gets in. And then it cuts off just for the layup. <laughs> so good. 
Um, just quickly as well, shout out to Paul George, who's doing some absolute work for the Clippers. I think mm. he's going a bit under the radar too. Probably yeah. some of the best ball he's ever played there. Eight and four or something without Kawhi, which is unreal. Well, there was so much talk about them in the years past because it was PG and Kawhi and Pat Bev. Pat Bev's obviously moved on. But then this year, I feel like the Nets took their limelight. Yeah, kind of. A little bit, you know what I mean? Like that new super team, and it's kind of... It's actually done them a lot of good, so... I'd prefer to see the Clips perform in any day over the Nets. You guys even, the, even though my boy Paddy Mills is there. Yeah. You guys see that Staples Center's getting renamed? Crypto.com, is Crypto.com Arena. Crypto's taken over sports, am I right? It is. The nerds have weaseled their way in. First yeah, I've seen your tweet this week. I've seen your tweet this week. Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I, it's the way of the world, but that's the thing, right? Staples is a fucking supply store, so like names really shouldn't matter. Yeah. I just think the Crypto.com Arena just sounds so fucking bad. Yeah, it does. Like, it doesn't flow... And it's not like, like, even if you just call it like crypto arena or something, but like the dot com. Yeah. I think like, everyone's been saying they're just going to keep calling it yeah, Staples. Every, like, every LA yeah. person's like, no, it's Staples. We're not, yeah. we're not changing that. You know what annoys me? Like the name like MetLife Stadium in New York. I'm like, it's a fucking insurance company. Yeah. It just doesn't sound right. Well, that's like a lot of people on Twitter point that out. Like Wells Fargo is a bank. United's yeah. like an airplane. Like they're all named after these things. They just kind of, you get used to saying them. Yeah, you get used to it, don't you? But yeah, I think that's pretty much it for NBA. Like, pretty cruisy week. I think yeah. everyone's still. If we look back in two weeks, I think the cream will rise up again. Some hot starts will stop. We'll see who's legit and who's yeah, not. Yeah, definitely. But it just seems like a bit of a crazy start. Just uh, on the NBA, one last thing. When you were speaking about Patrick Beverly, who's one NBA player that you would say is most similar to you? Because I would say Ooh. mine is Beverly for sure. Just an angry little guy. He loves Chirpy. to get into shit. Chirpy. Chirpy. Yeah. Likes to put shit on his teammates. I'd say like Draymond, you know? Like, pretty good defender. Talks a lot of shit. Can't fucking score at all. Mmm, <laughs> that's a good one. I really like that, Duff. I, th- for me, there's shades of a few. There's... He's going to say all the top wrong. Devin Cody. Booker, <laughs> handsome. Steph Curry, clutch. Always clutch. Um, Michael Jordan, if I go back. Next time, well, you know, just ask me. We'll just yeah. <laughs> straight through the middle. <laughs> uh, I don't, to be honest, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm a bit resilient. Like, I don't really touch wood. I don't really get injured. Like, my lungs bleed and shit, but like, I feel like I can keep going. So, I don't know. Whoever's like the most resilient yeah. can cop a bit of shit. Fair enough. Cop a bit of stick. Maybe that guy. I'd say another one. Maybe you're me. your own guy. Your, Maybe your I should guy. be. There's only the one, Brad. Yeah. Maybe I should be in the NBA. <laughs> Maybe I'm Caruso, just that yeah. white boy with a bit of style. You Honestly, know? You shave your head then. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> no chance. No, I've got too much of a head, hairline yeah. to be Caruso, don't I? <laughs> I know you've done his hair before. I think another one for me is Dennis Rodman, you know? Go out there, get 25 rebounds, 8 fouls, 0 points. That's just... Yeah, that could be me. That could be me too. I get that. I'm <laughs> um, jumping into some UFC now. We didn't have an actual UFC. We had a fight night, but Max Holloway was there, so it's always going to be a big show. Stuff, I'll take this one because you were you were chirping a lot about it. Yeah, it was fucking crazy fight. Like, mm. and it was so underrated. Like, everyone was talking about the Gaethje Chandler fight. This was very very similar. It was just mm. a war. Do you see the photos of Rodriguez's yeah, foot? <laughs> like, it was swollen up like a balloon from just kicking, 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 and he got taken down multiple times. He just kept finding a way up. It was crazy. You know, it's pretty cool. With Max, we've seen like this last two years. He has these fucking amazing fights. When was the last time Max had a shit fight? Yeah. They're always like nearly five rounders, absolute wars. He hits 
so many fucking times. Like his strike count is insane. Got a picture of it for you boys. Yeah, that'll be cool. And then literally the one thing I, I laugh about with Max though is Max doesn't spar anymore. Oh, really? So in training, he doesn't spar. He keeps himself fresh. He just does light work, moves around with people, but doesn't spar because he's all about like, if you're doing the work, he's got enough experience now as a fighter. He's very experienced. He's yeah. arguably one of the greatest featherweights of all time. He's fought the best guys. He's at a point now where he knows how to move in a ring. He yeah. doesn't really... And he's fought enough diversity. He doesn't need to spar. But, fuck, he makes up for it with the fucking shots that he takes and puts on in a fight. Because, yeah. fucking hell, those guys are both battered. And, fucking credit to Rodriguez. Because I really thought he was no chance in this fight. I felt like he was rising in that division. Yeah. And kind of took a little bit of a, a fall off. He had the last two years off, I believe. So yeah. yeah. And it's kind of like he went a little bit quiet, but fuck, he's back. And he's definitely in, in contention to be fighting those best guys. And for me, I think it's no question now that it has to be Holloway, Volkanovski 3. Yeah, it's going to And that. everybody says, you know, we're all Volk fans, man. We're local boys. I'd love to have Volk on the show. I've been actually working my way to try and make that happen the last couple of weeks. You know, a few connections, trying Couldn't to connect a few dots. In. Yeah. Um, but the thing for me is... I almost like play devil's advocate here. I thought Max won the first fight, and the fucking second was very close. I'd go the other way. I thought the first one was Volk one, but the second one, I remember watching it, and I was sitting there when they were doing the decision, like, oh, shit, he's lost, whatever, I wonder what's next for him. And then they were like, he's like, and still, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, it really shocked me. <clears throat> very close, and there's, it's obviously very disputed, but you would never have a trilogy fight with a, with a 2-0 and o performance from someone but this doesn't feel 2-0 and it almost feels like we've had two draws yeah, and now we're going bit. to the trilogy so I'm like it feels left open I feel like whoever wins this actually is the best in that division so I'm I'm fucking really excited for that fight because there's no one else at the moment at the top with those two boys like they're the they're the defined two and it's kind of like and then the next step yeah. below there's the fight to be the top contender yeah definitely Staying in combat sports, we had some Aussie boxing. Tim Zhu versus Takashi Inoue. Um, Zhu's the mandatory challenger for the world title at the moment. He didn't have to take this fight, but mm. jumped in there anyway. Went 12 rounds, earned $2 million. You know, just a bit of light work in for him. Yeah. He, I, he didn't get the knockout, but I don't think he looked in danger of losing this fight for a single second. Yeah, he had that fifth round flurry, which fucking... Takeshi done really fucking well to stay in there. He's got some heart, man, um, which is cool. I didn't get to see the fight. It drew, as we were talking about before, it kind of drew out a little bit late and I found myself snoozing. Um, yeah, so I'm a fucking 9.30 bed boy these days with those early wake-ups. But it's kind of... It's really cool to see because it felt like we had such a dead spot in Australian boxing for so long. Now we've got Tim, we've got Harry Garside... We've got Paul. Liam Duffy. Liam Duffy. Um, start boxing soon. In, yeah? Nice. Yeah. I like it. We've got like Garside, we've got Cambosis. Like Cambosis, he's doing fucking work. Dudes, he's man. got a big fight coming up. So, really, really exciting for Aussie boxing. <clears throat> and like we spoke about before, you need, especially going into those championship fights, you need 12 rounders under your belt. Like, you need to know you can last the 12 rounds, still put out volume, still defend yourself, still move well. Tim Zhu's got all the pieces of the puzzle together and he's, you know, arguably the best guy in boxing right now in Australia. So let's see what he can do on the world stage. And, might I say, 
um, the Muay Thai boxing gym I used to do a bit of training at a couple of the boys were there and they had some footage up on socials the arena was fucking electric it was packed yeah, it was that was so good to see yeah. so good to see I think the really good signs well was mad with the zoo yeah, that was in cool. fire that looked I didn't so see good. that yeah, crazy. cool. Well, Sam Tolhurst, friend of the podcast, was up there shooting it. Actually, yeah. he was up in the fucking rafters shooting from the roof and stuff. Nice, oh, that's cool. But yeah, it looked I, a few people I knew were up there. It looked unreal. Being yeah, very good. Moment. Just and like to main event to Showtime to all of the boxing channels. Where were our tickets? We could commentate. We easily. are the biggest sports names and show in the country right now. Is, Is there no a smirk on my face? No, there's not. I'm fucking serious. I'm going to resend my address because they fucking obviously went to the wrong letterbox. We don't want it anyway. You'll be yeah. begging for us, you know? Yeah, fucking... We'll start our own. Sign the contract. Start some limits boxing. Yeah. <laughs> um, bit of NRL news quickly. Isaiah Papali has um, gone to the Tigers now. Mm. Good move. Big move. Big move. I don't know if it's a good move for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, good move for the Tigers. But I've seen a funny comment actually in the comment section on Facebook. Some guy goes, oh, fucking great signing. Give it a couple of weeks and he'll be a reserve grade player on the match. <laughs> I hope not because he's Maybe. great. But the Tigers just... There needs to be conversations around their recruiting. It is so mix-matched. It's almost just like grab whatever you can get. It's like, you know when someone... You know those videos where someone's given like a couple grand to go spend in an electronic store and they just buy shit and you're like, why the fuck did you get that? And it's like they just yet. panicked and bought. It's like they didn't actually think about the strategy. Because you look at their halves this year doesn't make sense this signing obviously they need a back rower but does it make sense for the rest of the team I feel like there's got to be some team synchronicity there Tigers just don't have that I, th- I honestly think they're a team for the next five years that are going to struggle really bad yeah and then it seems like once you're in a slide with signing people it's really hard to sort of pull out of and then it's kind of because it's such a limited money game yeah. like the salary cap is so restraining that unless you're the Roosters yeah, like, hey, Uncle Nick does Uncle Nick work, you know what I mean? I'm for, I'm for it. Um, it's almost like if you go sign a big player, so let's say the Tigers landed Hectic Cheese, which the Roosters are talking to Hectic Cheese at the moment, by the way. Of course they are. So, you know, you know the game. Um, say they landed Hectic Cheese, right? They paid a million bucks. The Tigers. The Tigers, yep. right? Which isn't going to happen, but just say he went there, like big signing. It's kind of like you exhaust your cap so much because... For a player like that to go to a shit team, yeah. it's got to be big money. Like, he would take less to go to the Roosters knowing that he's yeah. playing finals. Keeps him under the cap, right? Under the sombrero. For him to go to the Tigers, they'd have to pay big money, which means it exhausts their cap, which means they can't get the right players around him. Soon enough, he gets pissed off. Team starts to fucking fall to pieces. And it's just like, it just doesn't work. The best the Tigers have looked at all was this stage, not last season, season before, where they had Harry Grant on trade and he was, like, undervalued at the time, proved he was a fucking gun yeah. hooker and, like, they got the best out of a guy for a really good financial situation where something needs to happen there at the Tigers where they need to do a bit of a fucking clean out of their management and they need to get guys... I think they've signed Benji yeah, um, in some sort of role at yeah, the club. I'm not, I'm not sure what that role is. I think he's playing again but it must just be like 14 off the bench I don't think so I don't cause no I think it's just in management maybe has he retired though? yeah oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Announced just yeah. in management okay. so Duff obviously knows what's happening in the <laughs> um, but yeah I think his influence around the club will help a club yeah. legend arguably 
their best ever player kind of comes back and he's a guy that can sell what the West Tigers can mean. Yeah. Great supporter base. When they're on, they're fucking on. Like, people love being at Leichhardt and watching the Tigers play. So hopefully they can figure it out. They've got to bring up their juniors. Like, they've got yeah. to try not to focus on trying to sign these <coughs> guys and just try to bring up some local talent. They need to do a Panthers run. Yeah. Mm. Even the Dragons, like, recently, like, Tyrell Sloan... Mm. Bud, Sullivan, Bud Sullivan, all the juniors there have come up through the ranks and now they're killing it. Yeah, and you just hope that they're fucking smart enough for the first time in Dragons history, even as a non-Dragon supporter, but as a fucking local guy, please be fucking smart enough to keep your young guns. Fuck me. What do you keep getting two. rid of them for? Yeah. Actually, speaking of Dragons, I do have another stat here. The Dragons' current... The Dragons' potential starting roster could have played more games for the Broncos than the Dragons. Unreal. Wow. Unreal. And the Broncos aren't going all that well at the moment oh. either. It's pretty well, scary. I don't know as much NRL as you guys, but has anyone has there ever been like an attempt to like moneyball the NRL? Like the similar the way that we see like in baseball where instead of going for the big names you're yeah. just trying to dress like little things like that or Um So that oh. could go to what you were saying before about instead of Blowing big money on big names, really just trying to put together like a side based on analytics or something. To be honest, I'll make a big play here. And I th- to be honest, I think the Melbourne Storm do it every year. Yeah. The Melbourne Storm are very good at making the best out of players who aren't big names. Like, we can look at the Melbourne Storm now and go, oh, Jerome Hughes, yeah. Ryan Pappenhausen, fucking Cameron Munster, Nico Hines, who's gone now. But those guys, Ryan Pappenhausen signed off the back of a Tigers um, Tigers like upcoming star deal yeah. so they got him undervalued Jerome Hughes was quite he's, you know he showed signs of good but wasn't a star player when he signed as a halfback at Melbourne and for a while there they were like oh is it going to be Jerome Hughes or is it going to be another guy at halfback Cameron Munster Cameron Munster's been born out of the yeah. Melbourne storm like he's that's where his name's been built same thing with Hectic Cheese Harry Grant, like they're all products of this system that pulls players together and does fucking big things. And their outside backs and their back rowers are always, they're never big name signings. They're guys that they find, they refine their skills and they build them around the spine of the team. They're the money ball of um, of the NRL. They've just signed Nick Meany as well from the Bulldogs. They would have got him cheap, like, to be able to go the storm. Yeah, and you watch, he'll have a great season, right? Yeah, exactly. They're just so good at it. Yeah. And they're probably the guys, like, and I think it's credit to Bellamy. It's why he's been one of the best coaches for years now. Yeah. He just knows how to get the best out of players. And then, yeah, just to wrap it up as well, Mitchell Pearce has announced he's leaving the NRL. He's gone over to Catalan in France. Yeah. End of a pretty good career for the guy. Yeah, pretty good career. Like, obviously, shades of brilliance and a premiership with the Roosters. And um, Piercy's a guy that cops a lot of criticism, and I think at times it was unfair. Yeah. I think he went through a really rough patch as a New South Wales halfback yeah, with shit yeah. sides around him and against great Queensland opposition. And um, unfortunately, he could just couldn't pull it together at Newcastle. It's definitely issues in his personal life that Piercy needs to sort out. He's, you know, a bit of a fiend for being in the spotlight for the wrong reasons. And, you know, I hope he does wonders over there in at Catalans. And it's definitely, it's, it's a system over there in the Super League that NRL plays usually perform really well, especially halves, yeah. NRL halves. So I hope he has a great time over there and enjoys his time and gets to travel the world and do all those things. And I just think 
he I think it's a right move for him because I think a move to another NRL side, he was obviously on the outer there at Newcastle. Yeah. A move to another NRL side that didn't go to plan could have really hurt his career. Yeah. So I think this is the right move for him. And who knows, maybe we do see him again after a really good time in the Super League, back refreshed, a little bit more mature. pierce has got a lot of games under his belt for his age. He like he started young. I think he's an 18 or 9-year-old, yeah. 19-year-old halfback at the Roosters playing full seasons for a long time. So, you know, he's, he's an experienced player for his age. Um, fingers crossed this is a bit of redemption for him. Should be fun as well. Just getting good money, go live in the south of France. Can't complain. Fucking amen to that. Fuck. Living the dream. Um, for the first time since we introduced the category, we don't have a drop kick of the week this week, which is mm, it's a good sign. We're, look, we don't want to do this category, you know? Like it, yeah. It sucks to talk about that stuff, so it's good that we yeah. don't have it. And, you know, we're all about loving the players here at Blokes and the Bulls. So, drop kick of the week, it's not the sort of thing where you have a bit of an average game and we call you a drop kick of the week. It's not about shitting on players, it's about shitting on fucking disrespectful motherfuckers. And so, if you're fucking driving drunk and you hit someone and kill someone, you're going to be a fucking drop kick of the week. If you're fucking up on rape charges, you're fucking drop kick of the week. That's the sort of thing that gets you drop kick of the week. So, to the players out there, just be, keep being good humans. Because we'll get behind you. And it gives us more time to talk about the stuff we all want to hear, which is Daz's Tip of the Week. Daz's Tip of the Week. Here we go. You know, let's firstly, let's roll the intro. Daz's Tip of the Week has become iconic, the intro, so let it play. Look down the fucking nostril. Fuck me. Fuck. Fucking asshole. Alrighty, so, Adi with Daz this morning. Nice. He goes... He's off to work, right? And he goes, where are you off to? You're going off for a walk or a run? I'm like, mate, I'm going to the podcast. And he goes, oh, fuck my tips. <laughs> so he sent them through last minute, um, which is very typical of Dazza. Yeah. Now, I will say last week, I was starting to get a little bit worried because usually when his tips are on fire, I get a few messages. Third, second, first. You know, he likes to get a little bit chirpy when he's right. <laughs> I didn't hear much that last week. Apparently, three out of four of them were scratched. Shit. <laughs> and I think the one that he did have come like third or fourth. So, probably wasn't a great week for Daz's tip of the week. But it was a week where you didn't lose all that money. You know, 75% of your options, you got your money back. So Maybe he'll pull a little Patrick Mahomes, a little off week last week, and he, this week is on. I've got a feeling. Well, I've got a feeling. Oh, I have he's heard gone, this multiple times yeah, about okay. Daz's almost tip of the week. Okay. Almost okay. weekly. I will preface... <laughs> There is a very clear point that we say, gamble responsibly, wins 30% of the time, every time. So the stats aren't ever all that good. But it's about believing in what Dazza brings to the table. And it's that conviction and the energy that he has in the racing thoroughbred game that makes it so exciting to be a part of Dazza's tip of the week. Maybe the results being in your favour, you're buying a house this week. Get out the red panties, baby. Maybe you're broke. You're back living on the streets. It's kind of nice. Jesus Christ. It's kind of nice. We don't. He doesn't live life on the fence, Dazza. He fucking he's gun ho, and it's like I'm fucking fully sending it. Nice, nice. Lose all our money, gain it all back. I love it. It's the sort of energy that we're about here at Blokes and the yeah. Balls Gamble responsibly. Um, this week he's gone home stadium, Kemba Grange, Ooh. the home track. You know, Kemba. It's a weird week. Weather's not going to be all that good. I'd say the track will be relatively wet. Um, but maybe not too bad if the rain holds off a little bit more today. Mm-hmm. Race number one, kicking it off early. Shabili, 
It's a horse that he's tipped pretty consistently lately, and let me say, it's been in good form. So I can see what Daz is doing there. Yep. Staying with what's consistent. Kind of the Tom Brady approach, right? Nice. Race number two. Lord Dasser Nimox. Probably got that wrong. <laughs> Lord Dasser Nimox. Good Nemo. things for a horse. Something like that. Yeah. Number yeah. five. Race two. Race number four. Number four. Black Duke. Ooh, good oh, name. Black Duke, but great, name. strong name. We like strong names. For all of you punters out there who just get behind horses for their names, this is one for you. Race number eight. Number 11, a tissue. Oh, Almost mate. sounds like, sounds like a sneeze, yeah. doesn't it? Not very strong. But maybe it's a strong runner. Maybe I it's a strong thoroughbred. I've heard of it before, actually. Mm. Mm. So, you know the drill. Have them all each way on the nose whatever it's up to you how safe you play it but let me tell you what you've got to do you've got to take all four of those selections put them in a four leg multi because that's the way they're going to buy yourself a house off the back of this segment right exactly. so and we know i'm the king of a four leg multi daz is the king of a three leg multi gone wrong on the last leg um <laughs> hopefully not the story of this week but hey there's a reason that we all love a fairy tale. Amen. Maybe this is the fairy tale week of Daz's tip of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, get behind it and get more responsible. Let us know if you win, as always. Right, let's jump into some hot takes. Duff wasn't here last week, so they don't count, obviously, yeah. anyway. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> going to ignore the fact that mine that didn't we go too well. Weeks again. We, got any, we got any nuclear stuff coming through this week, boys? I've got one. I've got one. So, obviously, the hard thing every week is... You know, some weeks you tip the UFC, some weeks you go to the NFL, the NBA. You want to try and keep it fresh, right? You don't want to be the NFL guy every week or the fight guy every week. You know, so this week I thought, why not combine two? Ooh. We talked about that man, Chef Curry, and he's been cooking up some fucking dinners on the court, right? I'm going him this week 40-plus against the Pistons. Oh, easy. easy. Into... Patty Mahone boy, 300 plus yards against Ooh. the Cowboys. Bang, that'll now be the that's tough a one. challenge. That's the big Baby, one. that's spicy. That's a little bit of fucking two secret herbs and spices dazzled together on top of today's dinner. And let me tell you, I'm fucking excited for the hot takes this week. I'm going to throw them together in a little two leg multi and I'm going to fucking reap the rewards next week. Nice. I like that one. I've learned my lesson of going the little ones that go, we review them next week and mm. see they've all lost. So I'm going the long run this time. Ooh. I'm going Kyler Murray to stay undefeated for the rest of the season. Holy Ooh. shit. Excluding playoffs. Okay. So Ooh. that's still like the next 10 games. Oh, that's big. Still. Eight games. Yeah. Eight games. Settle down. Eight games, yeah. Settle bad, down. Bad. And then, so I've even mapped out who we're versing. It looks very doable. Okay. We've got a bye this week. Or that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Sa- safe money this win. week. Safe easy money win. this week. Yeah, and we've got the Seahawks. Shit house, really. Russ yeah. is broken again. Yeah. Russ, Russ is Russ. the new Russ Bass. Yeah, exactly. There's something right. about Russ is this season, and it's not good. <laughs> then we've got the Bears. I'm sorry, Jed, but we're gonna pump you. Yeah, he's then, right. Then we've got the Rams. I'm sorry, Brad, we're gonna pump you. Ooh, Ooh. don't know about that. We've got the Lions. Easy. Colts. Bit of a challenge, but should be pretty easy. And then the Cowboys. So that'll be the toughest one, I reckon. Mm. Cowboys and Rams will be the tough ones. Two tough games there amongst... To be honest, the Colts are one of those teams too. Can yeah. turn it on, mm. off, who knows. But that's a big call. Yeah. Um, everyone remember that. Fucking make sure that's in the fucking oh, yeah. run There's no yeah. way you're getting out of that one. He's not getting away with that. So my one is a bit of a vote of confidence in a guy who's had a bit of a shaky start so far, James Harden. 
adapting to some new rules, not really averaging many points. Mm. But in the next week, so when, what, by the time we see each other next week, he'll have played the Cavs, the Magic, and the Celtics, I believe. I reckon he's going over 30 in two of those games. Okay. Two out of Be the cool. three, he'll get over 30. He's going to find cool. his groove again. I like that. He's, he's getting very, a bit, bit better now. He's, he's starting yeah, he's to find into form. it. Yeah. That's Undertaker vibes from the Undertaker himself. Yes, sir. I like it. That's it. Let us know if you have any hot takes or anything. Don't be afraid to get in touch with the pod. Yeah, reach out to us. A lot to talk about. Dots between each word on Instagram. Reach out to us on Twitter. We've got the Blokes and Their Balls page. Reach out to us on all of our socials. Be in touch. Share the show. Please share the show with your friends and family. It's what helps us grow in all seriousness for us to keep doing this and to keep getting better and growing and reaching more people. We need you guys sharing it around. Even if it's just sharing it to your IG story and saying, these boys are fucking hot right now. That's what we want. Just tag us. Just share it. Just be about blokes and their balls, because we are. If you're on Apple as well, leave us a five-star rating and give us a cheeky little review too. That'll really help. Liam, anything from you? I think you boys have nailed it on the head. Yeah. Just keep sharing, keep liking, keep commenting. Subscribing. Share Do it love. all. Takes all of about two seconds. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. This is the captain of the ship, the man in charge. Pulling the handbrake and dropping the sails on this week's ship. Until yes, the sir. next great week of sport ahead. Magic. Good luck, boys. Actually, we won't be here next week, but week after we will be back. We're this is out. true. <laughs> the, the ship's parking for a little bit longer and we're fucking staying in the bay. We're taking our bye week as well. Yeah, but, I yeah, like it. That's right. We'll be active on social so you can still get in touch with us. Definitely. Talk soon, guys. Thanks for listening. Thank you.